Good morning, church. Uh, let's go to our Lord in prayer. Good and gracious God, we love you so much. We love you for this day, for this moment in time that you've given us, Lord, the opportunity we have to worship you. Lord, we thank you for the gift of the children. We thank you for the children's ministry. We thank you for Ms. Linda. We thank you for ice cream. Lord, we thank you for the rain for this day. And Lord, for the opportunity to worship you. Lord God, as we come to you at this time of worship, Lord God, may you speak through me. Use me to proclaim your word that you have us to hear this day. May all of us have ears to hear what you have to say. We love you and we trust you and we thank you. In the precious name of Jesus we pray. Let the children of God say amen. Well, congratulations to you. Uh, if you've been here for, uh, for a while, then you know that uh, if you've been here since August, then we've, uh, like Miss Linda said, we are coming to the conclusion of this uh, Bible study series, the, the story. If you've been following along, you've been reading in a Sunday school class, reading it at home or, or wherever, then, then you have, in fact, uh, read majority of the Bible since August. We've been studying it and looking at it, and I, I want to just congratulate you because that is an, that's a wonderful, wonderful accomplishment that you've done over the last nine months. So I want to say congratulations, and in fact, I think you ought to in, in, uh, congratulate the people around you. So just take a moment and say congratulations to the people around you for, for working on the Bible this last nine months. I didn't see all of you turning around and doing anything. Say congratulations. This is a big deal. It's wonderful. I'm, I'm excited. This Sunday, uh, we're looking again at the book of Revelation. And I have to admit that if you cherry pick and you go through the book of Revelation, there are some really scary words in the book of Revelation. In fact, um, there's some, uh, go ahead in the first slide, um, terms like uh, Armageddon or lake of fire, or, or scarlet beast, or some of the words. And, and these words can be scary in reading the Bible. And reading Revelation, the last book of the Bible, can, can cause a lot of fear in, in reading it. Uh, but let me assure you, as Christians, we, we have no fear. I mean, because when we read the story, when we read the book of Revelation, we ought to realize that, that God is actually telling us something beautiful in this last book. That God is telling us that, that listen, this is what the end of the time is going to look like. This is how the world is going to end. Uh, all Christians, all believers, those who trust me, believe in me, and follow me will be taken care of. There'll be a new heaven. There'll be a new earth. It's going to be fantastic. And for all of those that turn their back on me and don't follow me, all of those, like Satan and his disciples are going to be punished. They're going to be thrown into a fiery pit and they're going to, uh, uh, and, and they're going to be banished separated from me for all eternity folks we have an amazing god god wants us his children to, to see the big picture to to know the upper story to know that the god has been and is and will always be in control that god has this god wants to know what's going to happen God know what's, wants us to know what the end of the story is going to be like. The end of the world, when it comes, however it happens, God's going to be, God wants to tell us what it looks like. God wants us to, to read the last chapter. God wants us to skip through the movie and go to the end to find out who done it. God wants us to go ahead and read that spoiler alert to find out, to let the story be ruined for you. So you know exactly what, what takes place. That, that evil, as powerful as it may seem, as the spiritual warfare that is going on in this world, 
as powerful as evil may seem, it doesn't win. God does. God destroys evil. I love this image of God destroying evil. This is why Jesus said in uh, John 16, 33. John 16, 33 says this. In this world, you will have tribulation. You're going to have hard times. You're going to have trouble. It's, it's going to be a struggle. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. In this world, you're going to have tough times. You're going to have tribulations. But be of good cheer. Be patient. Don't be anxious. I have overcome the world. You notice the, the key for me is I have overcome. The, it's not I will overcome. Jesus spoke these words. He, he, he was speaking these words. He was saying, listen, it's a done deal. Uh, I have overcome. I, it's already been accomplished. You can have peace in life. You, when you read the book of Revelation at the end of the time, and, and it's going to be a glorious day when Jesus returns. But the, the man God used to, to write Revelation, the book of Revelation, the man God used, is to believe, it's believed to be the same uh, John that wrote the Gospel of John, believed to be the same guy that wrote the epistles of, of 1st and 2nd and 3rd John, believed to be the disciple John, uh, the, the disciple, the beloved disciple, the one that was um, ran to the tomb, uh, beat Peter there and saw the empty tomb. That same John is the one that's believed to have written the book of Revelation. Now, when the book of Revelation was written, John was very old. And in fact, here's an image of uh, he was uh, he was in his golden years and he was exiled for his faith on, a, on an island of Patmos. This is what that, what that cave looks like, a supposed cave where John uh, looks like today uh, on Patmo, Patmos. Um, uh, the Romans thought that by exiling John uh, would silence John. Uh, put him on this remote island and put him in this cave and uh, you won't hear anything from him anymore. How little do they know about John and how little do they know about God? And they underestimated both because when John was supposedly in this very cave, Jesus visited John. The resurrected, ascended Jesus came and visited John and, and began to give, share with John and show John what, what the end of time, what the kingdom of God really looks like. And, 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 and Jesus said, you need to write these things down. Because this isn't just for you. This is for, for, for all people. You need to write it down. So these are some of the things that John saw. He, uh, he saw that there will be no more tears. There will be no more tears. Revelation tells us that God himself will dry our eyes when we arrive at our new home. That, 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 that in fact we won't even need tear ducts when we get there because there will be no more tears. There'll be they'll also said uh, that, that there'll be no more death. Uh, no, no one will ever die again, that we will be transformed and our bodies will not ever wear out. That, that means that there will never be any separation, like the separation that happens in death. Plus, we're going to be reunited with our loved ones that have already died. So, so there's not going to be any more death. There's not going to be any more separation. And, and, but that's not all. He said that there's not going to be any more arguments. There's not going to be any more anger, no more depression or anxiety. We'll finally be in a real place of, of peace. And we'll get that sense of true peace. 
But that's not all. There's not going to be any more tumors or, or, or treatments. There's not going to be any more eyes that are blind or ears that are deaf. There's not going to be any more Alzheimer's or dementia or MS or muscular dystrophy or Parkinson or, or cancer. There's going to be no more disease. But that's not all. There's going to be no more sinful desires because we're going to be finally be with Jesus. And there's not going to be any temptation. It's all, it's, the temptation is to be all removed. And you know what? That's not all. There'll be no more straining to hear God's still small voice in our, in our ears. Because we're going to be in the presence, the fullness of God's presence. And we're going to be walking with God and face to face with Jesus. And we're going to hear His voice. And there's not going to be any question. Because we're going to be in the fullness of God's presence. In fact, there's not going to be any more night. Because God's beauty and God's light will shine. In short, we'll finally be home. A home that mankind lost from the Garden of Eden. And we'll be in the fullness of God's presence. I admit the book of Revelation is very intimidating when you try to read and you can get overwhelmed with reading it. Uh, that's why last week... Uh, we looked at Revelation, and I just want to get the big picture. When you read it and you try to see all these images that can be scary and overwhelming, I want to get you the big picture. And, and the big picture is that, that God is in control and God wins. No matter how chaotic your life may get, no matter how crazy, no matter what strange things may be happening around you, it's okay. God's got this. God's in control, and God's going to win. Our job is to be faithful. Today I want to go just a little step deeper into Revelation, and I want to look at what the focus of the book of Revelation is about. And that is the, the return of Jesus, the second coming of Christ. Something we don't often talk about. I may preach about it once a year during Advent at the coming of Christmas season and the second, the second coming of Christ. I may mention it, but I really don't preach about it that much. But it is something that we need to to really, really be excited about. Do you realize that the book of Revelation is not the only book in the Bible that speaks about Jesus' second coming? It's actually all throughout the uh, New Testament. Just like in the Old Testament, there's, there's spackles and uh, speaks of, uh, of the Messiah and Jesus' first coming. Throughout the New Testament, it, it speaks of Jesus' second coming. In fact, there's over 300 references in the New Testament that speaks of Christ's coming again. Now, I think as 21st centuries, Christians, we just often are apathetic to it. We don't really think about it much. It's been 2,000 years, so we've kind of just grown tired of, of thinking about it, so we don't pay much attention to it. But sometimes I do get questions about it, and, and there's usually three questions that I get asked, and this, that's what I want to speak about today, the three questions that I frequently am asked. And the first one is, when will Christ return? When will it happen? What do I think is going to, when do I think it's going to happen? Um, I mean, this is a question that started from when Jesus was still with the disciples. Uh, uh, and the disciples asked, so, so when is it going to happen? And Jesus, when the disciples asked Jesus, Jesus replied, but about that day or hour, no one knows. Not even the angels in heaven or the Son, only the Father knows. 
Only God knows when it's going to happen. Uh, uh, in, in 999, the year 999, there was a big, great, people thought that that was the end of the millennial, that Christ was coming in, uh, the year 1000. I don't know how many of you can remember 1999. In 1999, there was a big movement that the end of the world was coming. Uh, uh, Y2K was going to happen. The computers were going to end. And, and not only that, it's going to be the end of the world, but the end of the world is going to happen in the year 2000. Big discussion. I don't Maybe 10 years ago, you might remember uh, in 2012, uh, the Aztec, uh, the Mayan calendar uh, said that the world was going to come to an end. Do you remember that? Uh, Planet X, I think, was going to hit the earth. Um, there was a great book series and, and movie series, Left Behind, that a lot of people watched and got all enthralled about the second coming. See, I think the reason why so many people are preoccupied with exactly knowing, wanting to know when it's going to happen and getting caught up on, on when is it going to happen is it, 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 that we are just like children. We have a tough time waiting for good things. So, so it's just really hard. I remember taking my kids to Disney World. I remember especially the first time. They were all fairly young. Uh, and they were all in the back seat of my pickup truck. And, uh, and I remember going and said, listen, it's going to take two days. We're going to stop halfway somewhere in Florida. We're going to stop halfway. And then we're going to get the next day. We'll, we'll head on and take us a while longer. And we'll finally get to Disney World. I remember leaving. And we got all the way to, to Louisiana. And they started asking, how much further? How much further? How long is it going to take? They were so excited about going to Disney World. And finally we got, we got, well, we have to stop. Remember, we're going to stay the night in Pensacola. Then we're going to go on into, you know, so, so just, we're not going to be there till tomorrow. Till tomorrow. All right, well, I'm sorry. And, and I remember uh, when the second day, I remember distinctly, we got about three hours away from Disney World. And they were seeing the, the trees changing. And they knew we were in Florida. They, and they had no concept of time. Children have no concept of time or, or how many miles, you know, 600 miles, 300 miles. They don't care. Three hours. They don't care. They don't have the concept of time. I remember trying to think of how can I, how, how can I describe concept of time? So they had these devices to watch movies. And when it came down to three hours, I said, okay, two more movies, two more movies and we'll be there. Okay. Then they, they started watching two more movies. Well, the movies ended before three hours, and they, so they were thinking it, it should happen. We should be there. You know what I'm talking about. It's very frustrating because the kids don't understand. No concept. Right? Amen? But why do they keep asking you? Because they're excited. They can't wait. And, and I finally got to the point, as a dad, a loving trying to be patient dad kids trust me i'm going as fast as i can possibly go legally or pushing the boundaries i i have to stop for gas there there's some things that are out of my control we'll get there when we get there just trust me we'll get there as soon as we can just trust me have you ever said that you know what i'm talking about just trust me i'm doing all that i can believe me we'll get there We'll get there when we get there. And I, 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 can, I can hear God. I mean, just prior to Jesus' crucifixion, he told the disciples that, that I want to be leaving you. In John 13, 36, John 13, 36, he said this. He said, where I'm going, you cannot follow now, but you will follow later. 
Peter spoke up and said, whoa, 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 Lord, why, why can't you're going somewhere? I want to go with you now. And, and Jesus said, listen, no, 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 no. Don't let your heart be troubled. Don't be anxious. Don't be worried. Trust me. I got this. You believe in God? Believe also in me. Just trust me. We'll get there when we get there. Exactly what God wants us to do. See, our minds are, are, are not equipped to handle concepts like eternity. We're not old enough or wise enough to understand a world with no boundaries of, of space and time. We, we don't understand the concept of, 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 of God's timing, of, 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 of God's space. So God, the creator of the universe, simply asks us to trust Him. Trust me. So just like kids going to Disney World, we will get there when we get there. So when it comes to Jesus' return, Jesus wants us simply to trust Him and we'll get there when we get there at the proper time when it's supposed to take place. However, that doesn't mean that we need to grow apathetic to it and just nonchalant, never talk about it and think just, oh, well, we'll get there, we'll get there and not even worry about it. Absolutely not. Just like my kids going to Disney World, they were so excited. Every time we stopped, they got out of the pickup truck, and they went in, and they were telling everybody they could see, we're going to Disney World, we're going to Disney World. It's going to be two more movies. It's going to be eight movies. I don't know. But they were telling everybody they could because they were so excited. They were going to Disney World. The closer we got, you know what they started doing? Started picking up the car, picking up their toys, cleaning up everything. Because they were, as soon as we got there, they wanted to go. You know what I'm talking about, right? You know that anticipation. But we need to recognize that the second coming of Christ, we'd be excited about it, thrilled that it's going to happen, that we're going to get there when we get there, but when it happens, let's be prepared. Let's be ready. But we don't know the day nor the time, but it's going to happen. Second question leads me often to the second question I'm often asked is, what will it be like? So what is it going to be like when, when, when Jesus comes again? What is it going to be like? Now, there are all sorts of interpretations out there. I'm going to share with you my feeling, and, and I get it from Scripture, of course. Uh, I believe that it's, it's going to be a visible return. It's going to be actually visibly returned that everyone will see it, just like Jesus' first coming, that, that just a handful of people saw Jesus' first coming. When Christ turns again, I believe that, that the whole world is going to be, the world will see it. Another thing that we need to know that the Bible teaches us is that Jesus' return will happen on a normal day, just a regular old day. People will be sipping a cup of coffee. They'll be telling jokes. Be stuck in traffic. Be stuck in traffic. They'll be looking at the weather if it's going to be raining, complaining that it's too hot. It's just going to be just a normal day. Thousands of children are going to be born. Thousands of people are going to die. Just another day. In fact, Matthew 24 says this. As it was in the days of Noah, so will it be at the coming of the Son of Man. For the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, up to the day Noah entered into the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. This is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. 
In other words, the day Jesus returns will be just a normal day, and, and God's glorious appearing will be, be uh, unanticipated. But uh, it will be unanticipated, but also be unexpected as well. Uh, and the Bible teaches us that Jesus' return to be unexpected. 1 Corinthians said this, says this, It will happen in, in, a, in a moment, in the blink of an eye, when the last trumpet is blown, for when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to live forever. And we who are living will also be transformed. Our dying bodies, I love this, our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. I, I, I love this last, I love all of it, I really love this last because I don't know about your body, but my body has been causing me problems the older I get. I look, I wake up in the morning and I realize that I've got a perishable body. I've got a body that is, is dying. It's transforming in a way that I don't like it to be transformed to. Well, folks, when the last trumpet sounds, bodies like mine, our bodies will be instantly transformed into to imperishable bodies, to, to wonderful, more, um, immortal bodies. Um, perhaps you heard the joke about uh, this this uh, elderly couple, they were farmers. This happened many, many years ago. They, they had never been to the big city. Uh, they, were, they were farmers, and they lived their life on the farm. But they heard these big high-rise, these big, long, huge, tall buildings were being built in the big city. So, so one day, the, the, the farmer and his wife decided to take his, their grandson to the big city. They wanted to go see uh, the big, tall high-rises. The grandma just wanted to get into the big city and do some shopping, but, but the granddad wanted to go see the big, tall, high-rise. So they got into the big city, and when they, they, they pulled up into the one of these the big, tall, huge high-rise. And the, mom, the grandma decided to stay in the car, but the granddad and the grandson got out. They, they walked into the big building. They couldn't believe just how massive and big and beautiful it was. And they were just looking around, and just all of a sudden they heard and they saw these, these doors slide open and they saw them closed and and they were actually kind of mirror looking doors that caught the, the the old farmer's attention he walked over there and, and as he got closer he realized it was he could almost see his image in this these doors and they was just they were kind of strange in the way they looked and he kind of was looking at it holding his grandson's hand all of a sudden this older couple came up beside him and it kind of looked like he and his, his wife. I mean, they were older, and, and uh, she went over and pressed the button, and the light came on the button, and then all of a sudden the door, these doors opened up. The old couple walked into the room and turned around and looked at him and kind of waved. And the doors closed. That's strange. It was a whole room just appeared on the other side of these doors, and and he kind of looked looking at the door again, trying to figure it out. And all of a sudden, these, these doors opened up again. And when they opened up, there was this young couple there. It's a good-looking man and this good-looking woman. And they kind of waved, and she grabbed, his, grabbed the, the man's hand, and they walked out of the, that room. Grandpa said, son, go get your grandma. We're going in that room. I mean, we're all attracted to the thought of being transformed. 
I, I, I honestly don't know what that new look will be like. I don't know if it means we're going to be, have a body of a 16, 18, 23-year-old. I don't know. I don't know. This is, we're not going to have any tear ducts. We're going to look differently. I don't know what we're going to look like, but I know it's going to be glorious because we're going to be the full presence of God. The last question I'm usually asked is, what are we supposed to do until Jesus returns? I try to get to this question because I think this is the most important question. What are we supposed to do until Jesus? What are we supposed to do in the meantime? We're excited. We're waiting in the car, going to Disney World. What are we supposed to do? Well, we're, we're, we're to use this time to, to tell the story of, of, of Jesus' life and the gospel and, and, and how it's affected our life. We're supposed to tell the story of God. We're supposed to, to be our part of the story, our character of the story, to the world, the ministry God has given us around us. We're to be excited like we're going to Disney World, but we're going to a place far better than Disney World. We're going to get our new home and a new life. We're going to be in the fullness of God's presence, so we should be full of excitement and ready to tell people when the st car stops to, hey, we're going to, we're going it's going to be glorious. It's going to be wonderful. We're to tell our story about how God has touched us, what God has done in our life, how what we've experienced in our life, and what we've experienced in the people around us. So, because God wants everybody to know. We're to use this chance, this very moment, to tell more and more people about Jesus and His love. God wants all people to have the opportunity to hear the gospel and to respond. See, God loves all people. And if you call yourself a Christian, if you call yourself a Christian, then you are a child of God and you have been commissioned by God to spread the good news, to tell the world that I'm going to a place better than Disney World. You know, after every one of the, you know, Super Bowl, Disney used to pay people, so where are you going now? I'm going to Disney World, right? And he was full of excitement or she was full of excitement, Right? And you know what, people? Wow. They just won the Super Bowl, and now they're going to Disney World. Well, I want to go to Disney World. Folks, we have the loving Creator God loves us so much, He died for you and for me. God has created a place for us that we'll be in the fullness of God's presence. Should not we be excited? Excited enough to tell the people around us? Jesus Himself said, The gospel of the kingdom must be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. We have been commissioned. We have a critical task before us. And folks, the clock is ticking. And while we wait, we are to share the good news of Christ in the world. So in closing, don't fool yourself. Don't grow apathetic and think it's just not going to happen. Christ will come again. We don't know when, but it will be glorious. Until then, we have been commissioned to share God's story. Let us pray. Good and gracious God, we love you and we thank you for this day. We thank you for, uh, for coming to John and, and, and giving John these visions, Lord God, of, of, of what the end of the world will look like what you have in store for us as your children. But Lord God, don't let this message and don't let your precious word go without any action. 
May we put our faith into action. May we be faithful to you and follow you, Lord God. May we understand that the story, as, it, as the book of Revelation ends and this, this, this story series com- finishes, Lord God, the beginning has only, only rests with us. Where do we go from here? Your story continues. Allow us to be your messengers. For we love you and we thank you. Holy Spirit, come. In the blessed name of Jesus we pray. Let the children of God say amen.